Good day to everybody. Um, my name is Jonathan Bell, I'm Managing Editor at TXF, and I'm here with James Esdale, Managing Director at BPL Global, that's Barry Palmer Lyle, BPL Global, uh, which is the world's leading broker specializing exclusively in credit and political risk insurance for multinational corporations, banks, and financial institutions. And we're going to be talking about the insurance sector and uh, the impact of COVID-19 and what it means. And although it's early days, um, James, I would just like to ask you, first of all, what impact um, do you think that the COVID-19 global pandemic is already having on the insurance sector and its risk outlook? And then maybe also just going on from that, what changes might happen in the market? And do you envisage insurers' appetite changing? Hi, Jonathan. Um... Well, I think it is, as you say, early days. Uh, we can look at, or we're trying to assess uh, two strands, really. Obviously, A, what impact is being had on the uh, general insurance market, of which us being specialists and our business being specialists is a relatively small small part. Um, and the general sentiment uh, to date has been that from, from a lot of the agencies, uh, credit agencies, that is, is that, that the impact on the solvency of those those insurers should be relatively limited. Um, that said, we have seen uh, in the last week or so some downgrade actions on certain insurers. Um, so we have to keep an eye on that. Um, we do typically as a business and our clients expect us to deal with uh, uh, insurance providers that have a minimum um, credit rating of, of, of A- minus to be acceptable security for them. Uh, we're not as it appears now, in uh, in danger of reaching that anytime soon. Um, however, we do have to keep a keep a lookout. I think if you look at um, uh, providers specific to our business, uh, you'll appreciate that that whilst we spend most of our time working with the um, specialist um, EPRI market, we do also have interaction with the the monoline private insurers such as uh, Cofas, Atradius, and the like, and they certainly <clears throat> are in the in the spotlight at the moment, given their um, exposure to short-term term credit risk, supply chain risk, um, and there's no doubt that they will be uh, keeping a close eye on on, on developments and and their their risk uh, their risk exposure at the moment. We know that um, uh, that uh, ECAs, it would appear, are being allowed to to re-enter the market in terms of the marketable risk, which they're usually um, uh, precluded from participating in as a state entities, and that's a sign that that there is a, a concern that perhaps the performance of um, uh, uh, the the private sector might be under strain and, and unable to cope with the, the demand in the current circumstances. Um, moving on, um, which sectors of the global economy do you see already taking the initial brunt of the impact of the current crisis? Well, I mean, you could argue that every every um, Every sector of the global economy is uh, is, is is taking a, a beating at the moment. Uh, in terms of of the, the the sectors which we principally concern ourselves with, or our clients concern themselves with, you can 
the market uh, is is very uh, reliant or has always strongly supported uh, commodities business. Um, and needless to say, energy has been the largest part of that. Um, out, you know, as well along with with metals and and obviously softs as well. But obviously, the 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 oil price um, collapse is uh, is concerning um, for our our clients and for insurers that have exposure to to that sector. Um, that's that can be from a from a pure sales point of view to a to a, a bank for a trader as much as it can be for a bank insuring um, loans or, or that are extended to, to sovereigns that, that derive a lot of their GDP and their, and their wealth from, from their, their oil reserves. So uh, with, with the barrel price as it is at the moment, is, is I imagine almost certainly well below um, the, most government's uh, budget uh, price deck. So, so I think that whilst we haven't seen any instant um, issues there. Uh, the longer the the crisis continues, um, and the the longer the oil price remains so subdued, that can only um, lead to strain on on borrowers and 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 buyers sellers in in the energy sector for sure. Um, our market has also had a recent um, in the last few years, particularly focused on the um, aviation business, in terms of. Um, Stepping in initially when um, when Exim um, exited that 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 business and the market now has quite a significant exposure to the aviation sector and it, I don't think anyone needs to look too far to find uh, evidence of how how that might become challenging. Um, and then aside from that, you've got shipping exposure, you've got exposure to um, reserve-based lending, you've got exposure quite a broad spectrum of exposure our market has these days. But I, 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 you know, oil is the one that I think most people would have a, an immediate concern about. But obviously, you know, everything, uh, everything is is being closely watched as as to what might transpire and how how the the deterioration of, of credit risk in in obligors that we've we've covered um, will will um, develop and and some might take a lot longer to feed through than others in terms of when problems first arise. Okay, thank you very much. I mean, we, we had planned to talk about oil, um, the oil sector in um, in quite some detail. So maybe I'll just sort of like skip ahead slightly. Um, just uh, just following on from what you've been saying about the about the crude oil sector, um, and as you said, it's historic lows of what twenty one dollars uh, for WTI and twenty five dollars yeah. uh, per barrel for Brent currently, and and. Just, I know it's very early days, but do you think that insurers will start to see claims for oil producers at some from oil producers at some stage, and and how do you think that it will it will just impact overall impact the upstream financing uh, contract contracts and projects currently underway? Well, yeah, I mean, as I as I as I say. Um... It's it, as, as is always the case with with oil in in, in our experience. It really, uh, obviously, we've, we're used to price fluctuations, and I think it's it's never necessarily about the price itself. It's 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 how how long um, it stays at a certain price or at a very low level. So, um, if you were to ask me if 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 you know oil remains at the the, the, the prices that you just mentioned for the foreseeable future, then there's got to be no doubt that that um, 
uh, there are going to be um, uh, or there is going to be a, a, an increased risk of claims in the in the energy sector. Um, and you know whether those transpire as, as complete collapse or, or, or failure, or whether they transpire as they can do in similar circumstances in the past, albeit at not quite such unprecedented um, oil price levels, uh, a series of restructurings or or term outs for, for current um, projects and, and loans associated with them. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. Thanks, for, thanks very much. And um, I think it hits a number of um, producers in different ways. Also, I was reading a some very interesting stuff about the uh, the shale oil producers in the states and just how how tricky it is to work around their um, agreements for production and if they if they decide to close off uh, production and what that actually all means and how they might be able to claim. But let's let's move away from that sector now and let's just look, say, perhaps at um, other businesses and. Um, do you, do you actually envisage that many businesses and contracts will not be covered for potential damage and loss uh, through this crisis? And, and, and further to that, do you think that going forward, documentation may have to be changed to deal with such a crisis as we're seeing now? And, and, and that all revolves around the big issue of what everybody tends to talk about, force majeure, uh, becoming a real the real talking point, for instance, and what stance have insurers taken in calling uh, COVID-19 a natural disaster? I know it's all a bit of a, a long-winded question, but in that whole sphere, I mean, how do you see that playing out? Well, I think that, that we, we're aware that, um, that insurers in the general classes are beginning to look at addressing um, COVID or, or pandemics, maybe Generally, more more specifically, it's often the case that that uh, with the insurance market that will, like any market, I suppose, will it will adapt to the circumstances which it's faced with. And I think that obviously we're experiencing something never 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 seen before, uh, um, uh, and and causing the sort of disruption not seen for for you know since since the World War, you could argue. Um, but I think that that from our perspective. Um, just to touch on what we do most of, which is is comprehensive non-payment um, coverage, is that we don't expect, whilst we expect insurers generally to to be looking 